Folks, it is the it's the brunt of the NFL offseason. Look, draft season's right around the corner. Actually, draft season's here. The draft's right around the corner, excuse me. Um, but for this episode, the theme and the title is Who Says Rivals Can't Be Friends? If you can see by his hat, I'm joined once again by, I'm going to call him the YWC Football Talks Bills correspondent because he is the biggest Bills fan that I know. It's his job. He's literally the voice of Buffalo. Joe Miller, the third, is back on. We're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff, but first got to ask you, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it's As much as, yes, this seems like the, uh, what's the word, the the the, the bottom basement of the offseason, it's not because we have the draft. It's it's that July 15th to, or I'm sorry, June 15th to July 27th when there's nothing going on. Like that to me is the, and, and I find myself in that moment wishing the summer away. So I've had to teach myself not to, but yes, it can get pretty dark as far as content wise, but the draft is coming up, as you said, so looking forward to that, but I'm doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, exactly. Like I always say with that time of the year, if you're in the news, it's usually for the wrong reasons with the NFL. So that's exactly it. As soon as mini camps done before training camp, yep. all that fun stuff. Yep. Um, not fun, but you know what I mean? Yep. Um, the one thing I got to get into with you right away, look, the bills have had an exciting off season. It's been, look, there's some moves that have been made. Some players mm-hmm. have been brought in, notably Von Miller, Von Miller, but the biggest news of them all that has broken with the Bills is the fact that a new stadium, something I feel like Bills Mafia has been wanting for quite a while now, quite a few years, or probably more than a few years. But I've been seeing on Twitter through you, and I guess like with people, like when it shows you like the tweet, or like even it will show a subject, it'll say Buffalo Bills, and we'll see people talking about the stadiums. I've even seen certain just like people within Erie County getting involved because obviously there's the big disputes with like taxes and who's really paying for it and the fact that there's the 850 million coming from taxpayers Mm -hmm. and when all this broke i said to myself i need to get you on here because i want to talk to you and get your thoughts about it so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to let you let leave the floor to kind of say like what what are the pros for it what are the cons for it and overall how do you feel about the fact that the new stadium is finally coming to fruition well the first the first misnomer is that uh the mafia wanted a new stadium i would say the football purists didn't you've been to a games in i was going to call it the ralph ralph c wilson stadium which you know originally yeah. was rich stadium then ralph then we were field blah 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 and now it's highmark stadium there's not a bad seat in that building that from from, from a pure i'm going to watch a football game that stadium, and I've been in a lot of stadiums, that stadium is dynamite and still is. The problem is, is it's not modernized. It can't be upgraded. What people don't realize about the old stadium, and you do because you've been there, is it's, and you might have been surprised. It's 50 feet in the ground. So when you walk up, all you see are the upper decks. And the amount of people that have like that I've driven by the stadium in my lifetime and been like, oh, I, it looks much bigger on TV. And it's like, well, that's because you're only seeing the upper decks. The bowl is like in the ground. So because of that, it was impossible to expand the concourses and do all that modernization stuff. But a lot of Bills football purists love that stadium and don't really want it to go away. However, you know, it's 50 years old. It's it's I mean, there's not many stadiums left that are older than it. KC Stadium, you know, Arrowhead opens opened in 73 as well, which, by the way, I was there for the AFC, the AFC playoff game against the Bills and the Chiefs this past year. When you get down into the lower concourse area, now keep in mind. Sorry, I'm off topic. I apologize. Keep in mind. Kansas City is cold and snowy and wet in the wintertime, just like Buffalo. When you get down in the, lo- the lower concourse area and then you walk through the tunnel, like they put carpet down. Like there was carpet on the floor. And it was really, I was, I, I just remember walking through there going, how do they keep this carpet clean when it's snowing or if it's raining? Cause it's still an outdoor stadium. Like it's, it was just very, very strange. Sorry, I was turning my volume up. Um, but, anyways, getting back to our stadium, I apologize. So, in regards to the new stadium, there's a lot of conversation around it, and it hasn't stopped. Um, people are still posting 
articles and op-eds and just, you know, opinion columns and stuff like that about how it's the worst stadium deal for, a, you know, a state or a county ever because they put $850 million in and blah, blah, blah. The reality is this. The Buffalo Bills aren't going anywhere for 34 years. They signed a 30-year lease, and they've got four years left before this stadium is actually going to be finished. So the Buffalo Bills are going to be around longer then I'm going to be alive more than likely. I'm almost 50 years old. I'll be 49 this summer. The bills are going to be here and they're not going to go. So when you talk about why and anchor points and all the conversations, because my entire life, uh, even when Jim Kelly was here, my entire life, it was always a conversation of not if the bills were going to leave. It was when, because of the whole, the, you know, Buffalo is a small market. And I could, I could go down serious rabbit trails to prove why Buffalo is not a small market to include you technically are in our market even though you're not counted. Toronto has 5 million people in it. It's 90 minutes from Buffalo, and it's not counted in the Buffalo market, which is a giant joke, and that doesn't even talk about Rochester, which is 70 minutes on the you know to the east of us, and they've got a million people over there. But the Buffalo market's so small. So anyways, the new stadium brings us the opportunity to keep the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, obviously, forever, for at least for me forever, until probably I die, if not longer. Who knows what 30 years is going to look like, even if the last 30 years did go fast. So that's probably the biggest win. Now, as far as the tax money goes, so the, the county, as much as people are upset about it, the county kind of made out. So before in the lease agreement, the county owned the stadium. The county owns the current Highmark Stadium. They're on the hook for everything. So they're, on, they're on the hook for maintenance. They're on the hook to run it. They're on the hook to clean it. They're on the hook to upgrade it, blah, blah, blah. The county got out of it. So the county this time around put in their $200 million, I think, or whatever it was or, that they were supposed to put in. And the stadium now belongs or will belong to the state. And the state is putting in $650 million. That money, which now is interesting because there's kind of not some fighting, but there's some upset, ruffled feathers about that. That money literally came from almost all of it came from the Senecas because the Senecas have not been paying whatever their fair share is for having the rights to have casinos inside of Erie County and around New York State. And they finally collected, the state did, and basically just took that money, which was, I think, $553 million and went, they said, thank you. And just turned around and gave it to the Buffalo bills. So when, when they say that, you know, the taxpayers are paying, are we, I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we are necessarily paying now. Yes. There's going to be upgrades and things like that in the future that are going to have to be done. And there's maintenance and stuff like that, but the bills are going to pay, you know, a lease agreement and a lease fee for 30 years for that stadium. Uh, you're talking about, you know, tax income tax on all the player salaries, uh, all the staff salaries. You're talking about all the merchandising. You're talking about, you know, the, 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 the shopping that goes on for the tailgating, everything. That goes, there's all of these things that, that happen around stadiums, but because three or four guys came out with some study about how stadiums are bad investments for cities and States, and they should never do it. You can't have a conversation with anybody about it to get them to even understand. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, they're going to make income tax on the players. You know, it's going to be $20 million or $30 million this year. Right, this year. Well, what happens when the cap is $600 million? Yeah. They're going to make $60 million that year. And you're talking about they paid $850 million 20 years ago. So I don't, I don't believe at all, and I've had a lot of difficult conversations about this with friends of mine who are much smarter than me. I don't believe that it's necessarily a bad investment when you talk about quality of life for citizens and residents around an area and things that kind of bring us together and unite us. Uh, the bills leaving Buffalo would not be good for this area or this region. And that includes even some of the Canada region, the Rochester yeah. area. It just wouldn't be good. There's a lot that happens and a lot that it's a college. This is a college area. I mean, it's not a college team, but this is a college team type of vibe when the bills are playing and the bills are good. 
and you're about to see it, Griff. I, I know you're a Patriots fan, but you know, in the heyday in the early nineties, this place bled red, white, and blue. It was just, it was much like Ohio state. When you go to Columbus, Ohio, everybody is scarlet and gray. Everybody is like, there's not other than the, the token Michigan fan here and there for the most part, everybody down there, is scarlet and gray. And that's how it's going to be here again for probably as long as Josh Allen is here. Like it's going to be a long time. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing too. Cause like, Look, I I go down to Buffalo quite often. I was I you can I can go to a Sabres game and you're going to yep. see people in Bills gear. Yep. I can be down there in the brunch. Or of Bills players. Like, or you're going to see Josh Allen at the game. <laughs> exactly. I saw yeah Josh Allen was at the at the Bills game. Bills game. Excuse me. Sabres game Sabres last game. week. Yep. Um, the Let's Go Buffalo chant has is something that carries over into Sabres games. Um, yep, yep. I know I'm giving the example because look, it's two bad worlds, but obviously because they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum. One's mm. at the one's at the peak of the NFL. One's at the bottom tier of the nhl getting better getting better they are they are and i give them credit for that um my big thing with it though is from what i see is to what i was trying to get at i've been told by friends up here who are bills fans like look don't wear pats gear down there at any time of the year because i know that like the last thing i was getting at you could go down there in june or july yeah even in the days when the bills were bad and you would see gear year round and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be, I, I also come down there for wrestling shows whenever WWE mm-hmm. runs the key bank center. They were there last night. I didn't go, but front row, two guys in Josh Allen jerseys. And <laughs> I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. I have, I was down there the weekend. I know you were at this game, but I was down there the weekend when they were playing the Buccaneers in Tampa. Yeah. And I was at, uh, first I was at Paula's on the Sunday morning. Paul's there was donuts. a woman. Yep, great donuts. Twenty one dollars for a dozen of donuts. Wow. And I get I get my single and I'm good to go. Gotcha. Um, there was a woman like just decked out in everything bills like hair, earrings, like full outfit. Yep. And then I go to Trader yep. Joe's in Amherst and yep. I see a guy scream "Go Bills!" very aggressively at the cashier. <laughs> so believe me, I know that how it's because that's the thing. You're you nailed it on the head when you said it's a college feel to it. Like yeah. everyone loyally bleeds like yep. the colors of the mafia i know the mafia sometimes they get a good rep like they get a good rep a lot of times for the charitable work there's a lot of the bad i don't know if you call it bad like the table jumping and that some of the how crazy a lot of the fans can get but yeah yeah it's passion i yeah. know it's a passionate fan base look our teams are rivals but i know you guys are passionate about your team and that's oh, yeah, what you sure. want to see and i completely agree with you if the bills were to leave buffalo it would be bad i think it was I think you may have retweeted. It was a girl. I don't remember her name, but she literally just tweeted that I know the bills will be in Buffalo for the next 30 years. And I think yep. that's more yep. or less. If, if you want to take the glass half full approach, look at it that way. The money mm-hmm. will come and go. The, the cap's going to be crazy probably in the next five years. And hell, let it be 30. Yep. But you guys can know, look, we have our team. They're not going anywhere. And we have a quarterback who's hopefully going to lead us to the promised land one day, or at least you're always going to be in that conversation. Every yep, year. yep, yep. Yeah, no, for for sure, and and that's the big part too is it's all happening at the right time. So if this yeah. is happening when Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback, or if you know Trent Edwards is the quarterback, I'm not JP too Lawson. sure. I'm probably one of the JP Lawson. I'm probably one of the guys that's like 850 million seems like a lot, <laughs> but, but when you've got you know the team that we have, the coaching staff we have, the front office that we have, and just the energy and you know I mean what's what what's going on down there. The, the, the players that that they're putting together and putting around each other the community that's being built and I know I know several of the players and have have had heart to hearts with them just talking about that like tell me about just you know the, the vibe in the locker room and and you know how tight is are you guys and, and just all that kind of stuff 
it's all happening at the right time. It's the, I mean, to know, yeah, I just, I don't even, I don't, I, there's not much else to say besides that. It's just happening at the right time. Yeah, that, that's another good point, too. It's like if this was the heyday of like when the Patriots were the Kings and the Bills were kind of like that mediocre team, yeah, I could see where it's like, why are we doing this now? But look, it's just like, it's like the Seinfeld whole more anything, more yeah. everything. That's because yep. it's literally like, okay, we have a good team. We have our guy. We have our front office. We have our coaching yep. staff. Now we're getting this, like, what we're going to call a palace or a cathedral yep. in the sense of a place where everyone can go every Sunday. Yep. The the only thing is, though, do you think the new stadium will potentially drive a lot of that, you know, blue-collar fan away just because it's increasing the price? Or do you think it's one thing that you think the team will still be manageable when it comes to, you know, selling season tickets? And I know I've seen the uh, premium seat license uh, talk come up from time to time again with yeah. the new stadium as well. That all remains to be seen. Um, right now there's a waiting list, uh, to become a bill season ticket holder. And, you know, clearly every new stadium stadium that's been built in the last, I think 20 years has come with some variation of, of PSLs, uh, private seat license, uh, to include stadiums like the Metro Met, uh, uh, Met life stadium, which I think every seat, every seat in the stadium required a PSL. There's rumors that this stadium will as well require PSLs and they could range anywhere from a thousand to a seat. A thousand a seat to twenty thousand, if not more, a seat. So I do know that from just conversations that I've had, and nothing is is yet set in stone. Between the thirty fives on the Buffalo Bills side, are like in the lower bowl, which right now are normal seats, are all going to be club seats. So that's going to be considered a club area, and that's the place where they're talking about the seats being, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars for seat license. Uh, other areas of the stadium that are premium so my seats are in row one of the upper deck so i sit in uh, 313 i sit like right on the 27 yard line row one of the upper deck on the visitor side i think the estimates i've seen for mine are anywhere from five to nine thousand per seat uh which is a big number right and then obviously as you get into other areas of the stadium it's going to be in that probably thousand you know per seat range or something like that this is all speculative speculative no information has come out the bills have come out and said that yes this is what we're thinking but nothing is necessarily set in stone the good news is they've also said uh to that that they're going to offer financing so i think zero to three years like no interest at all i think they've got a 10-year plan and they've got some other plans as well so when you look at it that way you know clearly how many people are gonna be able to afford twenty thousand dollars seat licenses per seat I don't know. I mean, Buffalo isn't exactly a rich town. There are wealthy people here. I live in Lakeview. Uh, so like Lakeview is in the South towns on the ed- Hamburg runs all the way to the lake and the township that's on the edge of the lake is Lakeview. And if you go down old Lakeshore road, there's a lot of mansions on the lake. So there's a lot of people in Buffalo that have money. Are they all bills fans, right? Are they all going to want to yeah. buy season tickets? Are there enough corporations to support a public seat or a, a personal seat license, a private seat license? I don't know. Clear, you know, the bills clearly have done some research and they're going to learn some things as well. The worst thing that could possibly happen is pricing this community out of the stadium. I think the bills know that because if you take, for lack of a better way of saying it, I was going to say the worst thing that could happen to this market as far as from a, from a football game is turning it into Indianapolis because I don't know if you've ever been to a game in Indianapolis. That's what it kind of happened there. It's a bunch of elites and, they're not really invested in the game as far as that goes. Yes, there's fans there. I'm not saying that Indianapolis Colts people aren't fans, but it, they just changed the culture when the Dome went away, when the RCA Dome went away. I would more liken it to probably Toronto. It'd probably be more like the Bills playing in Toronto, where it's like, yeah. touchdown. Yay. You know what I mean? It just wasn't It wasn't great because it, was, it just wasn't a great environment to watch a football game. So for one reason or another. But, yeah. So I don't have – 
solid information. Um, I'm more worried about my seat getting moved. I've got a great seat. I don't want to sit. I don't want to sit with people in front of me. So I'm spoiled rotten. I've been in my seats since 1997. The tickets have been in my family since 76. We got reseated when they, they changed all the seats in the lower bowl to actual plastic seats. We got bumped. Um, I want to be on the front row of the upper deck, provided the upper deck isn't, you know, a thousand feet in the air. Um, so I'm more worried about that. I'm more worried about seniority and, and kind of getting bumped back three, four, five rows than I am the PSL right now. But if the PSL comes out and it's like $15,000, your boy might be watching the games from home. <laughs> and the only comparison I would make for that with the like half-assed with the elitist crowd is more of the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously, because if you yeah. watch one of those games where a lot of the lower bowls corporation, it's a lot of yep. suits after work and stuff like that. But with I'm going to go back to the Sabres because it's an easy example. It's a blue-collar environment where, yeah. you know, everyone's in a jersey, everyone's passionate. And with Bills, too, I always notice, too, in the lower bowls right now, it's not like, you know, elite fans. You get some of the – you get a lot of the hardcore people like right oh, there, yeah. I believe. Honestly, there's one guy that dresses like Elvis or he has like a Bill guitar Thomas, with yeah. him. Yeah, it's yeah. Thomas, yeah. Yeah, like he's always in the front row <laughs> and stuff like that. That's my yeah, one yeah. – that would be a worry, though, where it's like, you know, you don't want to remove those people just for – I feel like they're going to get the corporate sponsorships, but you know what I mean. Where you yeah. still want to keep the fan experience. Yeah, it's not. It's not just him. It's a transition. Bill Elvis. Bill Elvis. I mean, uh, Anthony from Poncho's Army is always down there. The, the chefs are, are down there. Like, there's so many characters ar- along that front wall. Which, by the way, I don't want to sit there. That's the worst place to watch a football game. It's on the front row, of the first, like the the first section, because you can't see anything. But yeah, that's conversation for a different day. Exactly. <laughs> um. I, I'm just so curious about the stadium because I feel like, too, when you're saying, like, you know, the Ralphs is such a great place to watch a game. Last mm-hmm. time I was there, you saw the piss in a trough, so it's been a while. <laughs> um, but as for location, I keep trying to figure out, so are they just basically moving it to across the street yeah. from where the current one is? Yeah, so it, I don't know when the last time you were here was, but they basically now block December. off Abbott Road. So they block off Abbott Road from Southwestern to uh, to 20A, which is where the big tree in is. That whole section is basically you can't drive on it. Um, and the stadium is on the, uh, what is it, the east side of Southwestern, right? I think that's because Southwestern is kind of weird the way that it rolls. They're literally going to put it on the opposite side of Abbott. So is what they're going to do. And then they'll knock the other knock the other one down. They'll probably just make that a parking lot would be my guess. Probably. And then the training, I assume the training facility will just... Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if it'll stay there. Or I mean, it's just ba- it's a giant shed is all it yeah. is. They might be able to move it, but the whole training facility is there. But you, know, I don't, I haven't seen details on any of that. Who knows? They could move it someplace else. They could they could move it to another part of part of town. I mean, who knows, right? So the Sabers don't train downtown. They they train and do everything else up in Amherst. So no, they actually. I think I'm pretty sure they built a new arena down like. No, they they have the arena down there, but their training facility, if I'm not mistaken, is in in Amherst. I could be wrong, but yeah. Oh, I thought I, I just know there's a new rink right across the street from the arena when they built all that up. But you, yeah. you probably know better than Maybe me. Maybe Harbor Center, right? Yeah, Harbor Center. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think practice there now. But yeah, I could be wrong. Not 100 so, sure. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at other reports too, and even this goes to the point with like my fiance where she doesn't know a whole like she knows Buffalo like from when we go down there. But right, right. Even too like I told her how there was a plan to build it in downtown, and she right away was like, "Where the hell are they going to put it?" I'm more than anything, I think about it. Like, I even saw the Niagara Falls plans. I think the fact that you're staying in Orchard Park, I think, matters more than anything. Just because, really? also, too, I thought from when I went to Orchard Park, too, it's actually closer to Buffalo than I thought. It's mm. not It's not crazy far. You were right. You told me this, I think, a year ago or so. We were like, everything's 20 minutes from each other. And 20 you were minutes. like, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. 
You're right. Um, so that's good to know. So basically, though, just back to the stadium. So basically, I would my reference point would be the uh, parking or like not the parking garage, the team store. So basically, yeah. like just so basically across the street from the team store. Yeah. What? Yeah. Walk in the front door of the bill store and to be on the other side of the street. Yep. Okay. So parking is probably going to be a bit of an issue there for the next three, to, like for the last few seasons. At it might I'm be calling it the Ralph. It 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 depends. I mean, it depends on how much of how much of ECC Erie Community Community College that campus they're they're going to consume, consume. So obviously the yeah. the the county owns that property as well. Um, which, by the way, I had heard last year that the deal was already done. That that's where the stadium was going. It, it was already kind of like long before they even announced it that that was where it was going to happen. But they could end up putting the stadium in the grass out there in the grass field where there's not pavement and it might not affect it. So you don't know. So it's all just a wait and see, basically. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, you, you answered all my questions on that. And then the only other point I wanted to get to with the stadium is I don't, I've also had uh, one of my buddies on here who's a Bears fan tell me about their situation, how they want to move. But their situation is moving like, you know, 40 minutes north of Chicago. Like, mm. I, I, that's why I was saying the whole Orchard Park thing. Like, imagine they moved up to Niagara Falls to where a lot of the people like you who live closer to the stadium now, you have to make a trek just to get up to the yeah. stadium. Yeah, spoiled rotten. So I live in Hamburg and like literally the the part that people don't realize if you're going if you're going north or if you're going back to Canada after a football game, forget it. It's a long drive. Like there's two, only two roads out. It's it's yeah. it's a pain in the butt. For me, back to Southwestern, you know, I take a I park across the street and I take a right hand turn on Southwestern. I hit seven corners and then I'm I'm home in ten minutes. Literally the game ends. I'm home in 15, 20 minutes. It's not a problem. Niagara Falls makes a lot of logistical sense to me with the amount of fans coming from Canada. If you want to, you know, if you wanted to bring those fans closer, you know, shave a lot of time off their drive, not to mention Niagara Falls is Niagara Falls. And the idea of putting a stadium up there and maybe building around it makes a lot of sense. Downtown Buffalo makes a lot of sense too. Um, Orchard Park for me is it's <laughs> from a spoiled Bills fan. Yeah, it's the best case scenario. I don't know that it's the best case scenario for the bills for and for the city of Buffalo. I think that if they had done a better job of planning around it and, you know, attaching something to it and hotels and restaurants like Foxborough, where there's like a, a mall yeah. there and stuff and a reason for people to come down there. You do put a dome on it and then it can be used in the wintertime on a Tuesday for whatever they want to use it for. Or like Final I said, con yeah, right. Conventions, whatever they want to use it for. The problem is, is now you're talking about that complex costing two and a half billion dollars, not one point two. Right. So and you're displacing families and stuff like that. And I know they had, had a couple different sites. I'm not sure that it was done the best way as a selfish Bills fan. I'm happy with where it's at. Um, would I have preferred to probably see, see it on the waterfront? Yes, it would have been beautiful. Like those night shots. And we're going to obviously start getting oh, not getting we're going to continue to get a lot of primetime football games. So night shots, you know what I mean, of the city and the skyline with the water. Because Buffalo on the waterfront is beautiful and has the potential to be even better if they did things right. But they don't really do things right in this town. So, you, and, you know. <laughs> and you also, too, in the downtown, you have not only do you have, you know, for one, you're close to the Peace Bridge, number one, which would make probably right. getting to and from a game probably hell. But which I probably just if I were going, I would just book you up to the Rainbow Bridge. Right. Um, but you have the arena, you have the downtown, which has really revitalized itself over the last five to ten years. But you also have the you do have the casino right there, which yep, yep. Seneca Buff Buffalo Creek. So I could see it working. I could see Niagara Falls working, but I think more than anything, look, you want to more or less look at local. More, I know Canada's local, but I feel like for the Bills, I feel like it's more of a Buffalo thing sure. than say the Sabers because I actually want to go off topic for you. I have a, tri I have a trivia yeah. I want to ask you. So you've obviously been to Sabers games. Yeah. Do you know why they do both anthems at Buffalo Sabres games? 
I don't think it's just Sabres games, is it? Don't they do both anthems at several of the northern cities? Like Detroit, I think they do both. I think uh, Minnesota, I think they do both. They traditionally had done Minnesota, had, had done both. Um, I, I, My dad always told me when I was a kid that it was just because hockey is a Canadian sport and there's a lot of Canadian players. Literally, that's what my dad told me when I was little. Well, I know for the Sabres they do it because actually 40% of the season ticket holders are Canadian. Really? Gotcha. Yeah. Did not know. Well, even still, because a lot of them have given those tickets up. Yeah. That, <laughs> that has to do with border and everything else. I feel like right, once the right. team starts getting better and everything, right. that'll, that situation will get better too. Right, um, right. Next topic is to get off stadium. We've been on it for a while. A lot of questions got answered and all that stuff. With the draft coming up next week, if yeah, I had to yeah. ask you out of every position, obviously, look, you guys – Wide receiver, like you guys are rich. Tight end, that contract's coming up soon. But what's a draft need you feel like that could really solidify this team? Because this Bills team has a lot that it needs. Like you guys have a lot, but what do you think a position for the Bills is that you could really, you know, beef up on or really you need help with? So the, there's a couple clear spots right now. I mean, for all intents and purposes, if this if the season started today, our cornerbacks are Cam Lewis and Dane Jackson. I like both those players but they're not named Tredavious White. Tredavious White obviously tore his ACL in in the Thanksgiving game last year, and who knows when he's going to be ready. I've always heard that an ACL is a year-long injury, you know, 10 to 12 months. I've got people on my show that come into the comment section, and they're like, oh, six to seven. And I'm like, I've never heard six to seven for an ACL. And even if he is back at six to seven, he's not a quarterback. He's a cornerback, which is a completely different type of movement. So corner for me is the the, the primary need uh, inside offensive line. So interior offensive lineman, whether it's a center or a guard, is another one. Uh, tight end is an interesting story because Dawson Knox's contract is going to be up after this year. I don't see Dawson going anywhere, but that doesn't mean that they don't need depth, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, they did they did they they did just bring in another guy for depth as far as in OJ Howard for depth, and you know he's coming off an Achilles injury. You know, Achilles Achilles injuries are the kiss of death, in my opinion, for football players, especially skilled players. They never really recover from them. So we'll see how he does. Um, but, you know, corner, inside linebacker, or I'm sorry, uh, inside offensive line, linebacker is potentially in need. Uh, this is also um, Tremaine Edmonds last season, or, or I should say of his contract, not, not necessarily last season as a Buffalo Bill. And then running back for me is, is a need. You know, these guys, as much as I like Devin Singletary, as much as I like Zach Moss, you know, and whether you want to blame it on, you know, the the offensive line coach from last year and Brian Dable and scheme, or if you want to blame it on the running backs, there, there was just between the three things that it could be scheme, coaching or talent. It just didn't jive and has never really jived with kind of the guys they've had since the three. Now, Singletary came on at the end of the year last year, but there's still a little bit of a question mark. And this is actually Singletary's last year as well under contract. So running back is also a need. You know, where do you go when? I'm not a big fan of taking running back or wide receiver in the first round. Um, there's a lot of people that feel the Bills need a wide receiver. I'm not so sure. There's a lot of people that just want to like, you know, Diggs is, what is he, 29? Or he's going to be 29, I think. So he's he's not exactly a spring chicken. But at the end of the day, you know, you want to keep that kind of room rolling and kind of churning guys. But, uh, yeah, if, for me, it's corner, inside off, interior offensive line, linebacker, probably running back. Those are the, the, the four spots for me. Exactly. There's there's a saying that someone once came on here and said, like, this is a kind of draft where you have to eat your vegetables before you can have your dessert. And mm. I feel like if the Bills were to draft a wide receiver, they're doing the opposite of that. But if you're going for a corner, if you're going for, say, a center or a guard, or if you're going for a running back, which is which for me is the Bills' main need. Like like I said, I like mm. Singletary. I like Moss. But I think you just need a guy that like a bell cow back there, you know, yep. that you can – you can handle the ball and you know, hey, he's going to get five five yards. He can get a first down. 
where I feel Singletary and Moss can be used, you know, in the third down uh, pass in the RPO scheme where, you know, you can have them run some down. You can have them run for a bit, but then also you can rely on them in the pass game for, say, third downs and stuff like that if uh, yeah. you have a third and long and you don't want Josh to always be running the ball all the time, which we'll see what Ken Dorsey does with the offense. But mm-hmm. um, that's the thing, too, with running back. And then even, too, offensive line, that's just a position where you can help. But I, I really like your thing on corner just because – you want a guy from this draft that's going to come in day one and make an impact. And corner yep. is the position I feel like where you get like a lot of guys with that. And I also like your little note on, look, an ACL for a quarterback's different. He can sit back in the pocket and just kind of do his thing. Meanwhile, with a running back, with a cornerback, you're all over the field. You're Sa- in. You're in. Saquon. You're in the center. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Sa- yeah, Saquon. It took him a year, and when he got back for the first four or five weeks, he was not himself. Like he was not normal. I'm going to go with a personal example too. Tom Brady in 2009, mm-hmm. he didn't have exactly the best season in 09. Then 2010, he comes back and then he was the MVP. So that's right. my thing with it. Right. Where look, you need you need that time to recover. And then also too, I would potentially look at safety just because we don't yeah. know what the Jordan Poyer situation is going to be. As I saw, as soon as I saw he went to Drew Rosenhaus, I was like. We know what Drew Rosenhaus' specialty yeah. is. And we got some, we got some guys behind Jordan, whether yeah. it's Jaquan Johnson and Demar Hamlin that 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 we're pretty high on. They they've played at times well, I, I guess is what I would say. So I, as much as it's a need, I don't know that I'm going round two or three on a safety at this point. So, but we'll see. Neither am I. I'm just saying, like maybe you know, like a day three kind of guy, like yeah, a yeah. fifth fifth sixth rounder, kind of like take a flyer yeah. on a guy if he works out, he works out that that kind of situation with the Bills, right? Right, yeah, for sure. And it's interesting that you talked about running back as well because a big piece of that is what you kind of started talking about, was, which is Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen, there's people right now that are arguing on – I mean, Josh Allen is a media darling right now. He is the star of the NFL offseason currently, um, and it's wonderful to see as a Bills fan. This is something I never thought we would ever see, wildest dreams land for us as Bills Mafia. But even with that, you know, as much as Josh Allen can do it all, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to have 100 throwing touchdowns and 30 rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons, and the whole entire thing can go through him. Do you want to, right? Do you want to continue doing this for the next 10 years? How much do you want to shorten his career? Because at some point in time, it's not going to be ideal. It's going to – those hits the, – the, the biggest reason that Jim Kelly – didn't play as long as John Elway is because he got the crap sacked out of him in Houston the first two years, three years that he was there. Like he was destroyed because that offensive line was garbage and he was running all over the place and getting tackled. So limiting hits on Josh Allen at some point in time is going to become an important thing for sure. And a good running back, I mean, a really, really good running back helps that a lot. And it makes, and it probably makes Josh more dangerous. Exactly. So you can use him in those disguise plays where you don't expect one of those plays where you think he's going to hand it off. Boom. He has a bootleg out to the left or right. Then he runs right. down, gets his, gets right. his trademark first down. That's, that's a very excellent point. Um, speaking of media, darling and everything. And I know I've seen you tweet sometimes about good morning football and everything like that, mm. but they had a question and I want you to answer this both from a Bills fan perspective, but also an NFL generalist perspective. Do you think there's a quarterback this year in the NFL that has more pressure on him than Josh Allen? Or do you think that, he just has to continue doing him. I think the most pressure on a quarterback this year is going to be Pat Mahomes and uh, and Joe Burrow, to be honest with you, from a, from an AFC standpoint. I don't think there's that much pressure on Josh Allen at, at all. You're talking about a kid that didn't get recruited out of high school, didn't like had to go had to, to Juco, go and then had one one offer from Wyoming. And when he got to the NFL, it was 99 people telling him 15,000 reasons why he can't do it. And one guy, Mel Kuyper, who none of us really like anyway, he's the only guy saying this is the guy. He's had so much to prove his entire – when you talk about 18 and not having 
a single wide receiver on his team. Nine of the 10 offensive linemen in front of him were out of football the next season to 19 and then continuing that 50% or not 50, but 58% completion percentage and then making the jump in 20. So 20 comes out and he's like this machine and everybody going, he'll never do it again. There's no way he can do it again. And then 21, he comes out like for me that this, if there's pressure on Josh Allen, he's not feeling it. He's like, meh. I mean, I, I, to me, I don't think of the pressure that he's had to feel. You're talking about a kid that loves. I mean, he's from California. He loves yourself kind of kid. Yeah, he loves Derek Carr, right? And he goes to Derek Carr's football camp as a high school kid and gets put with the kids that aren't that talented. You know what I mean? Like, that that's his story. Like, no, no, you're not one of the good kids that get to, yeah. like, throw the ball with Derek. You got to go stand over there with the other kids. Like, that's Josh Allen's story. So, for me, pressure, I, I, I don't know how anybody could think that this is, like, where he crumbles. If he hasn't crumbled yet, it's not going to be here. Yeah, that, that That's a very good – that's a very good point. Like, because – my big thing too, and I agree with you on Patrick Holmes. I think more than anything with him, it's not talent and losing Hill. It's hey, are you worth the forty-five million dollars that the Chiefs gave you? Like I know Josh's contract kicks in next year, yep, yep. but Patrick's won a Super Bowl, MVP, MVP. Yep. Um, only quarterback to be well until this year. The only quarterback to be in the playoffs was Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. Um, I, I know. I'm just like I just love. Josh Allen walked off the field twice a winner in that football yeah. game. He walked off the field twice a winner. That he did. That he did. Um, I like the Joe Burrow argument too because look, I think everyone's going to expect Cincinnati. Like, hey, can you do it again? When a lot of the times yeah. in the NFL, and I'm saying this more importantly for our conference because we all know our conference is loaded. And I got a question about another division. I'll ask you in a minute. Yeah, sure. I look at this conference and I see 10 teams that could get seven spots. I know there's some out there that there's going to be some teams out there that disappoint. There's going to be teams out there that do not get out of the gates hot that everyone's thinking is going to, you know, just you you watch good, you watch good morning football. They did the AFC draft. They do an NFC draft and an AFC draft. So they they basically go through the four of them and they draft who the best team is. So, right. So it's you pick a team, you pick, they got down to the last three teams, Texans, Jaguars, Jets, Every team above them, you're like, could make the playoffs. Every team above them can make the playoffs. Other than the, the so there's three teams in the AFC that are bad football teams. Yeah. Like my, my, like my, I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but like I even look at a team like Pittsburgh where I'm like, okay, if they can get average quarterback play and the defense can steal them, steal them a couple of games, right? They could be in the mix. Yep. Um, my, I know a lot of people think New England could fall off and everything, or Miami, we don't know what they're going to be there's still going to be teams that are going to be in the hunt and they're going yep. to be competitive where yep. in the wild card mix, or they can be on the outside looking in. Yep. Uh, and then you have Baltimore is going to be back this year who Baltimore last year, most injury riddled team in the NFL yep. completely was still in it up until Thanksgiving. Yep. Lamar got hurt. We don't know what Cleveland's going to be. So we don't know Cincinnati. And then you have, I like, and then Tennessee and Indianapolis. We'll see. But I have one team in particular for you. You know, I asked you the Josh Allen question about pressure. Yeah. Which AFC West quarterback besides, like, I'm going to take Mahomes out of it because you obviously said him. But out of the other three, which one do you think is a team? Actually, I'm not going to say pressure. Which team do you think will disappoint out of the AFC West? Because I'm saying that because of how loaded that division is now. That's tough. So the the best thing that's going to happen is they're they're going to all beat each other up, right? So, um, you know, if I'm ranking those quarterbacks, I'm probably ranking them, and this isn't going to be like people might not like this take. I'm going Mahomes, Carr, 
right from there. And then I'm probably going, no, I'm sorry. Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, uh, Wilson for me. Those are the four. That's, that's, that's the list for me. Mahomes, uh, Herbert, Carr, Wilson. The most pressure is going to be on Derek Carr, in my opinion, in that division, just because you go and get, get Devonte Adams, right? They've still got Josh Jacobs. They've got Darren Waller. They've got a great football team. The new head coach is going to be, you know, we all know what happens when when NFL teams get new head coaches. It's, you know, there's a little bit of a, a period there where they have to kind of adjust. We'll see. It doesn't mean it's, it's necessarily. Really yeah, right. It's not like it's going to happen for sure, but it could. Um, I'm not, I love Cortland Sutton. You know, I love Javante Williams. I just, I don't know that I trust that Denver team. Also looking, you know, same situation, new head coach. I don't, I don't understand why, I don't understand why you're cutting uh fans fangio go like why are you cutting fans fangio loose like like he did okay he would why not give him a quarterback and see what he can do with his defense I, so i don't know so th- they're clearly making some changes there um but yeah who's got the most pressure for me absolutely Derek carr and i like I, Derek carr i think Derek carr too just because he also got that new contract that's going to take yep. him to 2025 to where yep. and look I know a lot of people try to recreate that. I think Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow also are going to cause this thing of, hey, he played together in college. That's where those like weird Kyler Murray and CeeDee Lamb rumors sure. started going where they won't both want to play together. Carr and Adams haven't played together since 2013 as well. Sure. When Burrow and Chase linked up, it was a year away from one yeah, another. Yeah, so it was all there, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say with Vegas. I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, this happens every year. There's a team that everyone drinks the Kool-Aid on. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably one I'm going to give, and, and I completely avoided it, was the 2019 Cleveland Browns. You remember when they got Odell Beckham and everyone was saying, <laughs> yeah. they're going all the way, they're going to win the North. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's give like, them some time. Let's 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 pump the brakes. Yeah. And then they got their asses kicked by the Tennessee Titans in that first game. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. all, I wasn't in on the Browns in 19 or 20. So, yeah. So, yeah. Because there, even, even before 20, there was a lot of conversation about the Browns being better than the bills better than a lot of the teams that uh that they just weren't better than we'll just leave it at that so yeah exactly and i agree with you on denver just because look i knew f- I, I i was always on the thick fangio to get like fire train just because i knew like denver wasn't there you know my take about john elway drafting mediocre quarterbacks and that's yeah. the only time you get franchise guys is going out and trading or free agency peyton manning Russell Wilson right right right, later. right. Right. But I just feel like, too, also, they gave up Noah Fant, which I think is going to be a really, really important piece they're going to miss. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, too, I think the kid, Herbert, I think Herbert can just go up there and do his thing. That's more on how the defense does anything else. Yeah, he's a he's a machine gun. He's a cannon. Like, that dude yeah. is, can just sling the rock. I'm not sure, as much as he's got crazy arm talent, um, and he's got the stature and he's got the, the, the pocket awareness. I'm not sure that he's got all the marbles upstairs that somebody like a Tom Brady has and Aaron Rodgers has, or I would say a Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes has, but that kid has crazy talent and I don't think he's going anywhere for a long time. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback for a very long time. Derek sometimes just has the opportunity to kind of dig a hole and jump into his himself. Sometimes he yeah. just, I don't know why I, I've got I've got man crushes on. There's something about a dude that plays for a pirate team that when you look through his face mask, looks like he's got mascara on, like he's got the black eye, like eyelashes. He just looks cool. And I don't know. I've liked Derek Carr since he came out, but that's just for no for no not because I thought he was amazing. I just have always liked Derek Carr. But yeah, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He's a better quarterback than his brother, though. We can all admit that. Well, that goes back to what I was talking about about Josh Allen as well. I mean, he got the crap beat out of him the first three, four years of his career. Like, he got destroyed in that offense. They never protect. I think, 
I'm, I'm about to say a record that I could very well be wrong. I feel like he holds the record for being sacked the most times in an NFL season, but I could be wrong. So, I think yeah. you might be right, though. I, th- I think I've heard that one before, too. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he was pummeled in that, <laughs> in that offense. But, yes, better than his brother. Is he worth $40 million? Mm. <laughs> if he's worth 40 million josh is worth 60 yeah i've seen raider fans basically being like oh like there was a poll that went out recently about best defensive defensive ends in the nfl and they're all like oh but where's max crosby and all this stuff max right, crosby's right. good but he's not like you know that top like when you say top three guys like i'm gonna right, go right. either bosa brother miles garrett aaron yep. donald and then yep. there's a couple other people they'll trickle down and then you get the Crosby tier. It's like the same, the people too. Like I thought with Derek Carr, I know I'm going on different tangents. You're fine. But with Derek Carr, I always thought that this year was a prove it year for him. Like go out there, work for your contract. And then if you don't do well, that's when it makes it easier for the Raiders to get rid of him. Instead of now, if he's bad, you're stuck with that contract. Yeah, for sure. And what was the extent? Was it two years or three years? It wasn't long. It was two that's years. Three. Was it? It was I think three, it was three yeah. years. I think it was three for 125 if all the guarantees hit. Yeah, and you gotta and you gotta wonder if you how they've set him up. So you know, one of the beautiful things about Brandon Bean and why he is considered one of the best executives in the league Triple is he, he he's always always setting his contracts up to get even Von Miller. He can get out of Von in two years if he wants. So four years, 160 million, or was it 120? Whatever it was, 120, right? Three it's of them not. are imaginary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three. Yeah, it's actually three years, 54, and he can get out in two. So that yeah, that's a. Yeah, so how they structure those contracts is a is a big deal, and that's how Brandon Bean rolls with everybody. Probably other than Josh, he can get out of them whenever he wants. I think Diggs, he can get out of Diggs' contract if he wants to. Even so he I, did. Uh, even the Patriots last year on their cuckoo, I know they went on their cuckoo spending spree and spent a lot yeah. of guaranteed money, but they backloaded a lot of their contracts to where the money in twenty twenty one when the cap wasn't was only at one eighty two. Yep, the guys were making a lot of money off basically just. But it was a lot of bonuses and all that other yep. stuff. Yep. yep, they backloaded them so that when the cap money goes up because. After they announced all those contracts, guess what got announced next week was the TV contracts. And right. we know that once those kick in next year, and I know the Amazon Prime thing is not going to be a thing for a lot of that Gen X, uh, yep. people who yep. aren't too familiar with technology, but... Hey, I'm Gen X. Easy. So you know what I mean? Older than you. Older than you. Older than you. Boomer. Boomer. Let's My dad. Boomer. My dad. Yeah. Exactly. I'm- people like people like your father and stuff, though, where yeah. they don't... Like, when they... I believe, though... So, say if the Bills are on Thursday night, I believe... The game will still be on in that market. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but I know exactly what you're talking about. As much as so, I'm so I've got I've got I'm sitting in a studio right now. I've like I've been doing this crap forever. But even with that and being tech, like I I work for an IT security company. Like so, with all the stuff that I do that's technology wise, I'm I'm peeved and annoyed right now because for whatever reason it's the end of Rick Jenneret's career as the, as the play-by-play announcer for the Buffalo Sabres and the games for whatever reason that they're, that he's announcing right now, they're putting on ESPN plus and you have to stream it. I don't want to stream a hockey game. I want to watch it on my TV. Like I don't have an app on my television to watch. And it's, so that's why you probably saw it. I put the tweet out there that ESPN plus is just ESPN. The Ocho. Like, can we just be honest? Nobody's watching ESPN plus. You're like, you're not the first person I've seen in the hockey community, whether it be on Twitter, TikTok, yeah. which is a value sense for a lot of where people gather to give their opinion. People being pissed off about how ESPN Plus and ESPN, the whole ESPN and NHL right. deal has been handled. But with the NFLs, though, they're doing it to where you can watch, like, so say Sunday Night Football on NBC, who actually announced their all their, they announced their commentary team for 2022. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Tirico with Chris Collinsworth and the Melissa Starks doing the sideline. I thought it'd be really? kind of. I thought it'd be Catherine Tappan, but it's not. Hmm. Um, that was per Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. 
Um, I like Tariqo a lot. Yeah, I do too. Um, but then that's the thing, though. What they're doing is they're doing it so the game will still air on NBC, but it will also be able to stream on Peacock. So that's what they're mm. doing. So where it's basically making the options for more for you're able to watch it wherever. That's right. what they're trying to make right. it accessible for. And the only other one I've heard is the Apple TV NFL Sunday ticket. But I'm myself, I'm a, I'm a red zone kind of guy. I, I'm yeah. loyal to Scott Hansen. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a red zone guy as well. And that's been the annoying thing. So I've been, I've been a Sunday ticket subscribers forever since 2006 when i moved to columbus ohio and that's the annoying thing too is like it's it's the games are in so many weird different places the way they restrict stuff i ended up going to columbus ohio for the bill the buffalo miami game i had a funeral that i had to attend and i couldn't stream the game on my phone like i'm i'm, I'm like I'm a, I'm a i'm a season like i'm a season ticket holder i've got the sunday ticket like i think i paid for red zone at the time and i couldn't it was yeah there, it's getting to the point where it's it's in so many different places that it's almost confusing to what game you can watch and can't, whereas it used to be real easy. It used to be like, if you're a Sunday ticket subscriber, as long as it wasn't on in your TV market, you could watch it, any game. And now it's backwards. Now the only games you can watch are the ones that are on in your TV market. It's it's a little, it's a little, yeah, it's sketchy. So I'll be interested to see what the Apple te- what Apple does with it if they get it. So, yeah, DirecTV is going to lose some subscribers. I'll be one of them. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I can only imagine. And then the only other thing I'm excited for with the Thursday night is the fact that it's Al Michaels, Al Michaels with Kirk Herbstreet. So, like, did that, that get announced like, officially? That's, that's been announced officially. With, Al Michaels with Herbie. with Kirk Herbstreet. Yep. With Herbie. Wow, interesting. Who's yeah. just also signed an extension with ESPN to do college? So he's literally going to go from whatever NFL city he's in right, right. to do game day, right. then to get on another jet, then go do a college right. game with Chris Fowler. So he. For the next, he's gonna be making a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Former Buckeye Kirk Herb Street. Yes. For sure. Yeah. I have his book over there, and I have read it, and it is a fantastic read. Nice, nice. Football, fa- football, fa- uh, football, fatherhood, and college game days. That's awesome. Um, the only thing I want to say to you before we get out of here, just want to pull on the conversation. Obviously, we know I'm not. I'm not going to talk about my team because look, we know where we are. We'll probably be the second. <laughs> we're going to be second. We're the second darling right now. You think so? The Dolphins I don't scare so. you. I, I'm not a believer in Tua, but the Dolphins don't scare you at all. I mean, you, I'm not. I'm not happy about the Devontae Parker pickup at all. So because Devontae Parker, he doesn't own the Bills, but he's the guy that gets 100 yards receiving every time he plays us, and we still throttle the Dolphins. But I don't like that. But the Dolphins have done some work. They've done work, but I'm just saying that be, be, the same thing too. New coach. Yeah. With the Patriots, I'm still going to say us for second for now, just because. I think we'll see what happens. It's more or less, I'll change my opinion probably in a week and a half. We'll see what, what happens in the draft and how those guys pan out and all that stuff. Right, right, right. But Miami, too, my big thing is you, uh, your quarterback, he calls them, is their father. That's the only thing I'm going to say. <laughs> they, I think if Miami wants to have a chance at competing, they can't get swept by Buffalo because every year we know Josh Allen and Dolphin fans know this. Josh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swear because it's my podcast. Josh Allen fucking owns them. <laughs> Josh Allen would be uh, undefeated against the Dolphins had Charles Clay caught that football. People don't realize that. He's only lost the Dolphins one time, and it was because Charles Clay dropped a football in the end zone that would have won the game for him in 2018. Yeah. Ooh, I once uh, had an autographed football of, actually. I won at a 7-1-6 day contest in Buffalo. I won a Charles Clay signed football. As a Patriots fan, what'd you do? Did you throw it away? I gave it to one of my buddies. It's a Bills fan. Oh, you're a nice guy. So where but was then a month what? later? He signed with the Cardinals. So it didn't <laughs> what was the what was the question in there? Was there a question in there? I think it was just bar trivia or something like that. I was in Buffalo oh, on seven one six day. I think it was no, like no, 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 no. What was the question about? Uh, just the, the 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 division itself. Was there more the less than anything? Like obviously, we know the Jets are the Jets. I think still think they're a couple years away, and I 
truly still they need a beefed up offensive mm-hmm. line to do anything. I know Jets fans this year think that they're going to be a six, seven win team in the hunt. I don't see that. I see. Yeah. I think six is their ceiling personally. The jet, the jets to me are there's, there's teams out there that are just, you know, as much as the bills had a bad rap for 17, not making the playoffs for 17 years, the bills, you know, won AFL championships. They obviously had the nineties teams. They've had times when they were a very good football team. The Jets won a Super Bowl with Joe Namath, and that's pretty much it, right? It's like the Lions. The Lions were good in the 30s. There's yeah. just teams out there that just aren't good. And I just don't know that I can buy into Zach Wilson and anybody that they've picked up and and, and believe that Makai Becton all of a sudden this year is going to be really good. I just, I'm just, I'm just not there on the Jets. To me, if they win four games, I'll be surprised in this division. That's why I, I said six. That's why I said six was their ceiling because I feel like yeah. if they can try to steal a game or two, but like right. I'm pretty sure they went zero and six in division last year. Um, I know Zach Wilson got. I kept saying with Zach Wilson, I'm like, we, we played them the second game, and I said, okay, if they don't get an offensive line, this kid's gonna get his ass kicked constantly. <laughs> and he did. Um, <laughs> I, think I was gonna say too. And, you know, and, Joe, and we and we now have their best offensive weapon from last year. I'm just trying to blank on who that was. Jets' best offensive weapon from last year. Hmm. Slot receiver, Jamison Crowder. We have, oh, we have, right. Shit, I completely forgot their, about that. Oh, we, God, that is right. We had their best weapon from last year. So, so, Bills, anyways, wait, so wait, I want to pump the brakes that. So, Bills <laughs> have Gabriel Davis. Gabriel they have Davis. Isaiah McKenzie, who they just signed. Resigned, yeah. Brought Crowder, Crowder, Diggs, and they still want a receiver. Well, they've also got guys in the fold. I mean, they've got Jay Kumaro, who yeah. you know is a special teamer that can play that Aaron Rodgers loves. Um, Isaiah Hodgins is a guy that came in when Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins came in with Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis was drafted before him. I think Gabe was third round. Hodgins was the fifth round or the sixth round out of Oregon State. And all the conversation from the media and the people and like the coaching staff was that Hodgins was the dude. Like this guy is the guy. And then they had to shut him down because he had a shoulder injury from college. And then he got hurt again last year in preseason. They shut him down. And how do you, it was funny because I was talking to Isaiah about it. I was like, we were talking about last year. It's like, how do you, like, how do you even get into that room? There's three potential hall of famers in that room last year between Diggs, Beasley and, and Emmanuel Sanders. Like where's who's, and then you got Gabe Davis coming on and oh, by the way, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. So yeah, stacked and they're, they're still somewhat stacked, but you know, getting younger, is always a good thing. So having yeah. a guy rolling in and you know that's that's kind of rolling just rolling. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about the it, rabbit trail. It's all good. Um, the only thing I was gonna say about Joe Namath, and I bring this up all the time, is two things. One, he's only in the Hall of Fame because of that guarantee in the Super Bowl. Because if you look yep. at his stats, he finished with 30 more interceptions in his career than touchdowns. Yep. That's cute. Now do Troy Aikman. <laughs> I saw somewhere it was a I think it was an Eagles fan basically saying. I think Donovan McNabb had more career touchdown passes than Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls, does not belong in the, in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. He did not have the numbers. Well, I mean, if you look at it, it's basically just because of the support. I think with that, it's the who he was around, the fact that look, Michael Irvin, one of the best receivers of all Emmett time. Smith. Emmett Smith. The greatest offensive line ever put together. Yep. Uh, and the fact, too, that it was the team that it was. If it's that... Yeah. It's that fucking star we all make love to make fun of which <laughs> look that's the one thing i think we can all agree upon is that death taxes and the dallas cowboys losing in the playoffs everyone takes joy in that because love it every year they always they always always do this they set themselves up for failure and they don't see it coming i will never forget the thanksgiving game with the bills in 2019 mm. where you guys went in there and just completely annihilated them, them. <laughs> annihilated them <laughs> On Thanksgiving in their own stadium. 
Yeah, there, that 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 was the game that Josh Allen made a lot of believers out of people when on that fourth and one or whatever it was when he was stopped, and then he he was like, "I'm not stopped. You're not going to stop me." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just back to the point with before was, does my that's what I was going to ask you more or less than anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm going to leave New England out of it because mm-hmm. we know, like, I, I, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But does Miami worry you, or do you think that they're a team where they got a lot? To, they got a lot of pressure to prove that they're right, or prove to prove people right. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Mike Gesicki. And Mike Gesicki always plays well against us. He plays well against most people. I mean, they're they're they've they've got a good football team, and it's all going to come down to Tua. And I don't believe the Tyree Kill statement of, you know, when you've got that accurate of a quarterback that can get the ball out in less than two seconds, watch out. It's like, well, he's got to get the ball out. I, I even if he gets it, his release point is that quick. The reality is, is he's not. He's not. He's just. I don't know. I got it. If there if there's a quarterback with pressure. It's Tua Tungavailoa. He's the quarterback probably with the most pressure in the entire NFL right now because he's got they've assembled a team around him. They've got a guru in there, you know, for for a head coach now. Um it, that defense should still be good, right? It it they've always had a pretty much a pretty traditionally decent def- defense. So and they've got weapons around him. It's just hard for me to buy into Tua. So I don't care. I got a lot. I follow a lot of. I don't I actually don't follow a lot of Patriots fans. I follow a lot of Dolphins fans. I don't know why, but for some reason, Dolphins fans like me, and we kind of go back and forth um, in a nice spirited way. Um, and they all off Tua on now. You're right. They're they're all they're all in on Tua, and I'm just like, bro, I don't know what you're seeing. Like, and then and they always go back to like, well, don't you remember how you felt about Josh Allen? I was like, they look totally different. <laughs> Josh Allen looks totally different than Tua looks right now. They, 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 those are, that's not a comp you can make in my opinion, but. And it's one of those things too, where you, I like how you said the Thanksgiving game where people, I think started after that game kind of saying, okay, maybe the bills have something here with Josh Allen. Right, Meanwhile, right. no game last. And also too, the fact that Miami had that weird season where it was like, okay, they well, I still say week one, we should have beat them if it weren't for the Harris fumble, right. but they went on that seven game losing streak and then they go on a seven game winning streak. It's just the fact that they didn't beat anyone of note. Right. That's the big thing for me. They did not beat anyone noteworthy. I think if anything this year, the bills, uh, not the bills, the dolphins don't want to schedule because for the last two years, week one in new England, week two at home to Buffalo. I just think mm-hmm. they do not want that again this year. So no. we'll, we'll see what happens. But for right now, I still have it as Buffalo, new England, Miami, New York. That's my I get, I can buy into that. I, you know, I think Max still got some stuff to prove, and I know that probably hurts your feelings a little bit. Um, it'd be no, interesting. It'd be interesting to see how you know the new offensive coordinator treats him and what they try to do with him. You know, Josh McDaniel. There's a lot to be said for you know for Josh McDaniels. Um, yeah, and that's all I'll say about that. I'm not a big Josh McDaniels fan, but there's a lot to be said with what he's done right throughout his career with Tim Tebow. Right. Yeah. Did he have Kyle Orton for a while? I mean, just different guys that he's had. So obviously Tom and the work he's done there. And Matt, he had Matt Castle for one year, right? When when Tom got hurt. So he's yeah. just yeah. I mean, he's he knows what he's doing. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm I agree. Gonna go on, I'm gonna go on my thing right now. Um, I still think because we went 10 and 7 last year, I still think that's a very reachable record once again, 10 and 7, because look, like we said, the and also too with getting in the or, playoffs just because or, or nine and eight, because the bills or, will sweep yeah. you this, bills will sweep yeah. you this year. <laughs> Maybe. Um, did you go to that game, by the way, or no? The, no, no. I, I thought about it, but then I'm like, I thought about going to that, but I'm like, I'm sitting at home. I'm like, I am comfortable. I do not want to be there right now. Um, my thing with the, my basically with the Patriots right now, my floor is eight and nine. My ceiling is ten and seven. That's where I'm at right now with them. They can finish anywhere in between there. It's just last year they they stole some games last year, and even if they can have some of those losses, you know where 
you kind of like got to take it on the chin, like the Dallas Cowboy game and the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game. They can have games like that. And also, too, I say this, give me a reason to be excited to watch them on Sunday and yeah. go into the game thinking they can win. That, that's all I ask for. I think, yeah. but I realistically, though, I don't think eight and nine is going to happen. I think it's nine and eight or 10 and seven, unless Matt right. just takes that right. crazy, crazy second year leap, which I still think he does have some, some stuff to work on. I think. The fact too last year also, I think ten and seven was a bit of an overachievement. I had I had them missing the not missing the playoffs, but I was like, I wouldn't have shocked me to see them miss just because of the rookie quarterback. But right. the fact that he made it, and obviously, look, the way it went, I say that was just twenty years of pent up frustration, like in the movie when the kid who gets bullied finally gets his one up on the bully. It wasn't just a playoff game; it was two weeks before that too. So yes, 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 but you know what I mean. It was specifically the playoff game. Right. The only thing I'll say about the playoff game is, though, is whoever played We Are the Champions in the stadium. Yeah, that was weird. No, that's I, the, yeah. I remember when it right before yeah. it cut to commercial, they had the the score and, and it was the yeah, other playing. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, that was, like, little, that was a little weird. Like, don't piss off the sports gods like that. Don't, yeah, that's, don't, it was, was, was definitely it was definitely it was definitely strange. I don't even think I commented on it about on Twitter about it. I was just like, that's a little weird. Yeah, I so. just saw Patriots fans going like, that's such a Bills thing to do. Just, but I feel like <laughs> I just feel like the playoff win more than anything is the fact that obviously Week 16 was Week 16, but yeah, yeah. the fact that the playoff game happened the way it did, I think, was yeah. just more the less of like, this is our division now. It was kind of like that just. Yeah, there, there was the stamp. I mean, they were dot in the eye for sure in that football game. It was, uh, I mean, the Bills have now done twice to Bill Belichick what nobody has ever done, which is, you know, obviously not punted on against him twice. So, which yeah. is pretty freaking insane. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season goes with that. So, I've I've heard from the players that that's a tense week, even still. So, even even still, when the Bills are playing the Patriots, it's game face all week. There's no laughing, no joking. It's game face. So. That- that, that's what that's what you want with a rivalry. That's exactly what you want with a rivalry. Do you see the Bills Patriots those arrival even as a Patriots fan? Probably not, right? It's the Dolphins. More or less, like I can see you with the Bills and Dolphins just because that goes back to the nineties. I just see it as like you know a divisional like buckheads kind of things, but I don't see it like how you know Ravens Steelers is viewed, how Chiefs Raiders is viewed, how well, the Dolphins rivals the Jets. It's not either yeah. of our teams. Like yeah. we're over here like squish the fish, and they're like, who yeah. are you? <laughs> like, we care about the jets like that's who we want to beat like it's just yeah it's it's weird yeah yeah when you think right anybody in the west right so raiders broncos type of a thing or raiders chiefs or yeah it's it's just yeah it's, it's not it's, it's not packers bears it's not packers bears right yeah exactly it's like it, like i think the steelers ravens is a perfect example because i've seen shirts before with like in pittsburgh of wheel of fortune it's like i like to buy a vowel and it's like f blank ck the ravens <laughs> That's also on my football bucket list to go to is to see a Steeler Raven game in person. Really? Nice. Yeah, I just think it'd be a cool atmosphere to see that game as like a complete like just bystander, yeah, you know, you where it's like it. you just like sit against like you just like sit back and you just watch them like and also just because it's such aggressive football when they play if they're like both, those. If they're both good, you want yeah. them to be both you don't want to be a stinker, right? No, God yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. But like that's just the one point I wanted to make. I think with the Bills and the Patriots, it's more about the fans making a rivalry than the teams actually Probably. do. Probably. I think it's just the teams. It's one of those things where it's like a circle on the calendar. You always like you look out for that game. I think it's more than anything like that. You always circle it on the calendar more than like you know bragging and also sort of bragging rights in a way. I guess more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's you know the, the Bills Patriots have been much like OSU Michigan, you know, where head coaches are being fired because they can't beat 
the Patriots, right? You know, Michigan coaches were getting fired because they, they couldn't beat an OSU. So, yeah, I think that's it's more that's more what it comes down to. It's all business that week, just because you know the Patriots owned us for a very, very, very worse than any team has owned any other team in twenty years. Like it was just embarrassing. We were the redheaded stepchild. So yeah. Which I feel like now one of those games will be on primetime again this year or in that 425 CBS slot. Just the fact that more than anything else, it's the fact that both – I know the Bills are obviously the better team, but the fact that both teams are competitive I think is what's best for the division. Yeah, for sure. No one makes a difference. And for some reason, the NFL loves Buffalo in New England. They love Josh Allen in New England in primetime. So it's happened the last three years in a row. Yeah, 2020 – well, I don't like to talk about that game even though – it both won me and lost me fantasy football because it was Stephon Diggs going off. <laughs> right. And then 2021 was the complete stinker of a game, which yep. was Mac throwing the ball three times. Yep. And 19. People told me, yeah, yep. people, 19 yards. People told me that game sucked. I just look at those games like I look at Super Bowl 53. I was, I won. I was, I was saying 19 yards. I was saying 2019 was the game where Josh Allen played a very good football game and then got beat like you guys and the Patriots still beat us. So that was. <laughs> I think that was almost the game where Matt Barkley came back and beat us. No, Josh Allen finished that game. No, 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 the one in Buffalo. The one in Buffalo. Oh, the one in Buffalo. Gotcha. I don't it was either 2018 or 2019. Someone completely, I think it was 2019. Someone completely like leveled him. And I remember I was just like, how oh, that was, that was the home game. That was, that was in yeah, Buffalo. That was I'm, in talking Buffalo. About, I'm talking about in New England primetime games, 19, 2021. 20, like people love Josh Allen in primetime in New England. Yeah. Uh, 2021, actually, it was reversed. The, 20, the game in New England was a 1 o'clock game, and then it was the Buffalo game was Monday Night Football. Oh, 2019, okay. though, I know the game you're talking about. It was, a Saturday right. a, it was a Saturday yeah. afternoon one. I think Gilmore got a stop on fourth down to get the win. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, how, that's how I remember it. Good football, and we're looking forward to some good football this year, too. And that's all we asked for. That's right. Well, anyway, folks, that's going to do it for episode number 164 here on YWC Football Talk. That's a lot. As always, presented by Bet Stamp, the official uh, sportsbook sponsor of YWC Football Talk, guys. I will see you back for the live draft episode this Sunday night. Stay tuned to that. Joe, thank you for coming on once again. Yep. For all the Bills Mafia information, guys, to Joe, link is in the bio, and I'll see you guys next time. Cool, Bill. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, SayTheDamnScore.com.